All right, guys, what's up? We're live. Uh, episode number 43 of the Playing to Win series playlist on my uh, channel. I'm joined today uh, by what turned out to be a fan of my uh, book and my channel, Dr. John. And I hope I pronounced your last name right. Jacquish or? It's pretty close. Jakewish, like Jakewish. Jake yeah. Got it. Jakewish. Okay. So, um, we are talking about something a little bit unconventional today, which is cool because I like unconventional stuff. And as you guys know, that's that's kind of what I like to lean into is ask questions and say, hey, you know, is this is this really the way that it needs to be? Are there better ways to do this? Um, so I came across John because I think you DM me on Instagram, was it? Yeah. 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 You shot me a DM after you read my book. And I was like, who's this guy with a million followers and a blue check mark talking to me about my book? That's that's new. Um, but let me give you a quick intro to, to who John is. So John uh, Jackwish uh, has spent years researching and development improved approaches to health. He's the inventor of the most effective bone density building medical technology, which is now partnered with Tony Robbins and OsteoStrong for rapid clinical deployment. Inventor of the X3, a technology that has proven to develop muscle much faster than conventional weight lift lifting with all the lowest risks of joint injury. Uh, Dr. Jackwish methods are used in training and the world's most elite athletes in associations with the entire Miami Heat organization, various NFL and NBA players, as well as Olympians. Dr. Jackwish's book explaining his non-conventional approach to human physiology is a Wall Street Journal bestseller. And yeah, you were kind enough to send me a copy. I've got it here really? at my desk. Um, yeah. It, it, it's it's well researched and the interesting thing i found about it i was i was just looking at the book on amazon there's a lot of criticisms of it from people uh saying well it's not well researched and, yeah and it doesn't cite anything and i'm like are you stupid right. like did you actually open the book and like, like it's it's really nothing but a research paper is the way that i would define it um, right and, and the criticism has nothing to do with the content yeah. Usually it's with me personally. People are very upset that I'm successful. Yeah, which I'm uh, yeah, like I'm yeah. familiar with that too. So I'm used to that. Oh, yeah. Let me just grab the, the bands over here because you because you sent me a, a a little bit of a kit. So these bands are all that you need to um develop strong muscle fiber. And um in case you didn't see him on the cover of the book, like he's jacked AF. Um how old are you now, John? 44. 44. Um we'll talk about your approach to self-care and um all that stuff in this cast too so we got about an hour so you guys are really gonna like this but this stack of bands here um you know as a guy that's lifted weights his entire life and i've done some unconventional stuff um for for athletics you know like there was a gentleman by the name of charles atlas i'm not sure if you're familiar with the name oh yeah yeah so charles atlas um was a guy that that coined this term dynamic tensions and it was a little it was basically uh, uh, like an ebook that my dad handed me when I was like 11 or 12 because mm -hmm. I was a skinny kid. He's like, here, you know, read this. And I started mm -hmm. doing push-ups and all these, you know, dynamic mm -hmm. tension movements that are tied into it. And I found this theory, like what you use with these bands. And I mean, the cool thing that I like about this is you can travel, you know, with this. Like you can put this in your suitcase. You can get everywhere around the world. Yeah. And there's lots of places that, you know, like you can go around and lock down, you know, type of scenarios. And this is the bar that goes with it. And there's a foot stand as well. You guys can check that all out. Um, I just think it's a cool accessory. Like I wouldn't use it to replace my squat rack and the weights that I have in there, but I think it's a nice um, complement to all that. Um, is this what you do exclusively for self-care and for you know developing right. a strong physique? Yeah. yeah. I haven't touched a weight in four years, and I put on over 60 pounds of muscle and lost about 20 pounds of body fat. 
Okay. Um, I, think I'm gonna, I think I'm going to do a little bit of an experiment, if I'm being honest, for, I don't know, like, what do you think would be reasonable? 30 to 60 days of just using bands? Just to kind of compare it to just, space? Yeah, I mean, and follow the program, though. Like, like you know, you, you got to use the bar and the play. And the, the problem with bands by themselves is, like, you go to take one of those bands and you throw it around your back and you go to do, like, a push-up. Mm -hmm. Your wrists are twisting outward. If you get heavy enough to be relevant for strength, and you know you could break a wrist doing that. So the bar and the plate were really necessary. My original plan when I came to this this discovery, which really had to do with my bone density research uh, in my first invention. So, like in the clinical trial of that, it was like I, I looked at the data and I was like, wow, like this kind of proves that weightlifting is a really lousy stimulus. Like we are capable of lifting a lot more than we do, but we lift very lightweight because we're limited by our weaker range of motion. And in our stronger range of motion, coincidentally, we're seven times stronger. Uh, uh, and what part is the like seven times stronger range of motion? Is that like towards the top, like, to, you know, towards the end of the motion or where? Short of lockout. So like, like if I'm demonstrating for those watching, like, like 120 degree angle from upper to lower arm. Mm -hmm. So like that. Mm -hmm. You know, but like the back of my hand would be in line with my clavicle. Mm -hmm. and I can either absorb or produce the greatest amount of force. Okay. In, and that, in that 120 now, degree position. One of the things that I found interesting is like primates, you know, specifically primates like, you know, uh, chimps, for example, they've got something like four times the strength of humans, you know, for the same amount of muscle mass. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you know why that is? Yeah, uh, they're very different muscle cells. There's uh, there's more uh, actin and myosin in their in their cells. Yeah, we're not we're not going to get chimp strength. And like pound by pound for pound, that makes the muscle that much oh, more yeah. powerful. Well, like a rhesus monkey that weighs less than a pound can take its fist and punch through a human skull. Really? Yeah, yeah. Don't own a monkey as a pet. Yeah. <clears throat> I've heard yeah. they're powerful animals. Do not yeah. mess with them. And and once they reach sexual maturity, they're not your friend. So how did you get into bands? Like what like I'm assuming that you weightlifted, you know, for a good chunk of your life, right? 20 years. Yeah. Didn't get didn't get much out. I mean, yeah, I was in shape. Like if I was at the beach with my shirt off, people would be like, Oh yeah, you lift. Mm -hmm. But I would have to take my shirt off before people would notice. Mm -hmm. You know, now I walk into a grocery store and like high school kids will stop me and, you know, be like, oh, my God, like do you play in the NFL. Are you an MMA fighter? Like I look like a total mutant now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's it's just an, it's a night and day difference. Um, so I lifted weights for 20 years. It really didn't do much for me. And then it was when I was doing the clinical trial for the bone density device, where the bone density device is really simple and elegant, kind of like X3, like it places tremendous loads on the impact ready position so if you trip and fall like what i was just showing you with that kind of kind of push-up position mm -hmm. when you're when you got 120 degree angle between your upper and lower arm and the back of the hand is in line with the clavicle you can absorb or produce the greatest amount of force possible whereas when you go to the weaker range like if you're bench pressing with the bars on your chest you have one seventh the capacity so you're always going to select a weight you can handle in the weaker range of motion if you're going to lift weights. Thereby, it's really not going to stimulate the majority of the force capacity that you have. So you're really not switching on a lot of muscle. 
And even also, if you switch it on, that doesn't mean you take it to fatigue. Because I think we've had a lot of false positive excitement when it comes to uh, electron myography. Like we can tell when a muscle fiber switches on. It's a pretty, pretty simple way scientists have had to measure. And it's important in neurology, too. Because when someone's going through neural rehab, we got to make sure muscles are firing. The correct signals are going to the correct places so people can have normal movement. <clears throat> but firing and power, firing and, and, and stimulating growth are two different things. And so we were a little distracted by that. And also there's this sort of universal blindness when it comes to weightlifting where weightlifting is sort of like accepted as the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. And then whatever nuance you put on on a weightlifting, whether it's more sets or less sets or, you know, you eat two large pizzas beforehand because you're one of those idiots that think carbs is good for you. Um, you know, like whatever, like like there's it's just sort of like the, the weightlifting is just blindly accepted. And I just took a step back when I did that clinical trial for my first invention. And I said, weightlifting is a lousy stimulus. Like we need to vary the resistance massively. Mm-hmm. So my first thought was bands and I was going to just write a book about bands because I was already busy with Osteostrong. I already had a big company. And uh, so, you know, like as soon as I did it, I was like, as soon as I kind of did the research and realized just using bands is worthless. And there's a reason bands have been around forever and they never really helped anybody mm-hmm. uh, with, with some rare exception, you know, some speed training and stuff like that, where you have, you like just said belt. that bands were worthless. Yeah. So how is your band system not worthless? Because it bands by themselves will twist your smaller joints, your ankles and your wrists. Oh, so, so that's it, where the plate and the bar comes in. Right. Right. It was the plate and the bar that needed okay. to be, be developed. And then once that was developed, I filed patents on all that stuff in uh, 36 different countries. And uh, yeah, then, then we were off and it was super, super popular right away. Didn't did a soft launch on Dave Asprey's podcast. Um, that was my first podcast. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been growing so fast since then. And um, it's really we don't really target the typical fitness crowd. Because a typical fitness crowd is not interested in listening to science at all, yeah. or able. Maybe they're not even able. Uh, hard to tell. They might just be impatient and unwilling to read, or, on, or just unable. Because, I mean, science is kind of complicated. I'm just so, going to play this video here so you guys can see um, what it looks like to use this band and bar system. Video. Yeah. This is like basically a uh, deadlift that you're doing here. Yep. Uh, it's frozen. Why isn't it not playing? Is it supposed to be frozen? No. Uh, okay, let me drag. Oh, here you go. Okay, so now it's playing. Oh, okay, because it's measuring the... Um... Yeah, it's just measuring the force. Okay, so rather than doing <clears throat> like a deadlift with a bar with a bunch of plates on it, you're basically standing on that plate. Yeah. And, and you're deadlifting, and that increases the weight you know, towards the top of the range. Right. Where you are more powerful, the weight goes up. Where you are less powerful, the weight goes down. Yeah. It ensures that you go to a deeper level of fatigue. Like here I'm doing a deadlift with 614 pounds at the top. Mm-hmm. Well, I would never grab a bar with 614 pounds on it. How is that, but, how is that device measuring the, the uh, resistance, like the weight? Is it? So you can see by my left hand, uh, there's something with a wire coming off it. That's a Oh, sensor. I see. Yeah. Okay. Got yeah. it. Yeah. 
That's not part of the product. That's that's just there. There. I mean, I, I don't have the load, so I'm just using. Yeah, it. that's just the product itself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. So, uh, and that would be like a bench press you're doing there. That would be a squat. Yep. Squat. Okay. So, uh, I mean, like, what about other, uh, like, technical move? Here, let me pull this out of the screen. What about like other technical movements? You know, for example, something like um, like a Zotman curl. Like a Zotman curl. For those of you that don't know what that is, like, you'd basically take the bar and you'd lift it up and you're twisting the weight like this which activates like the wrist and the forearm you don't have access to do movements like that with a band system right no we we stuck to basic barbell movements mm -hmm. uh, the strongest people in the world don't use dumbbells they use barbells mm -hmm. and it's, a lot of it has to do and there's, there's a great study that shows that you lose about 20 percent of your muscle fiber when you train one arm at a time so the upper body likes both arms to be engaged. The lower body, on the other hand, is the opposite story. Because unless you're a kangaroo, you walk on one leg at a time. You run on one leg at a time. Mm -hmm. so we're very good at one leg activation and force production. So it's, it's really weird. Like you switch to one leg squats and you think you would just go half of your normal squat weight. No, it's more like 75%. And you get the same amount of reps. Mm. And also you get all your body's resources directed into one quadricep and one glute. So you can go to a deeper level of fatigue. One of the things I um, liked about using it is um, like I have a, I mean, I don't want to say I have a bad back, but my back ain't great. Um, mm. I injured it a couple of times in my twenties and it's never really be the, been the same. Although um, I've, I've done enough in my life to kind of like minimize that. So ever since that, I haven't been a heavy squatter. Don't generally like do heavy deadlifts or anything like that. But I found mm -hmm. that with the band system, because the weight changes, um, as you mm -hmm. stand up straight, you know, for example, like the weight gets heavier as you're reaching the end of the band's resistance, mm -hmm. you don't actually have any opportunity to injure your lower back the way that I've done before with like squatting or with deadlifts. That's right. Oh, here, yeah. look, I got a, this is I got a buddy of mine here who's, who's, a, who's, who's claimed to fame. Nice to see you, Ron. I'm, I'm glad you're there and chiming in. Um, he said 1,312 days in a row of working out and using X3 bands every week, not every day. And I think I get more benefit from them than anything. Ron's older than me. I think he's in his 50s now, and he's in really, really good shape. Um, fellow entrepreneur and uh, friend. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great, I think, if you're older for sure. Um, so you don't have any kind of injuries cause it, cause it's almost, um, I don't want to say it's idiot proof, but I think that you can pretty much, yeah, 58. Oh no, um, people can screw it up. I promise. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure you can screw up anything, but, but the chances of you injuring parts that, that are much more easily damaged with like straight mm -hmm. bar deadlifts, you know, for example, with a, a bar and a bunch of plates drops dramatically. Right. That's right. Yeah. And like I said, that's that's why the NFL was so attracted to this, why, why the NBA, like they don't care how much they bench at all. They don't care how much they squat. They don't, you know, they're, they're paid to perform on the court mm -hmm. or on the field. And uh, it, so like uh, when I'm talking to these strength coaches, they just think X3 is like, like I mean, the, the Miami Heat, the endorsement's right on the back of the book. They let me use their name in writing. Mm -hmm. Like pro teams never do that. Like yeah, and I know huge exception. You know, I saw Ben Greenfield's name, and he's very careful about where he puts his name too. Mm -hmm. yeah, he endorsed it. So did Dr. Baker. 
Uh, have you had Sean Baker on your show? I haven't, no. Oh, yeah, the carnivore guy, carnivore doctor. You should. I'll check him he, out. He's great. Um, I follow uh, PD, PD Bangan on Twitter, and, you know, he talks okay. a lot about diet and exercise, especially, you know, for older seasoned gentlemen, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like, when it comes to this unconventional way of lifting, like, to break out of the mold, like, I mean, for me, a lot of the times when I talk about stuff, it's like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. here's some things that you need to understand about the dynamics between attraction mm-hmm. and men and women and sort of thing, and I'm going to say half the people completely freak out and lose their mind. And then like, you know, the other quarter, are like, I think he's right. You know, this, mm-hmm. this is starting to connect the dots and make sense. And then yeah. the other quarter kind of just like get mad at it. You know, it's like, Oh, now I see the truth. Now I'm pissed. Um, All sorts you, of people get mad at the truth. Just. It, yeah. Of- well, I mean like a bomber only gets flack when it's over the target, right? Like otherwise they're quiet, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, you've been at this, you said for four years now. Mm-hmm. And I think you said at the opening, you put on a bunch of muscle. Like, like, what do you weigh right now? Because, I mean, you're a big dude for 44. 240. 240. And 240, um, last I checked, I was 7% body fat. And height? Six foot. Okay, so you're a big guy. Like, 240 at, at six foot at 7% body fat. Like, you're a walking like pile of meat, basically. Is yeah. that is that easy for you to maintain at 44? Totally. I eat one meal a day, so I don't screw around with the meal prep. So I get a fasted benefit. Uh, I um, energy's never been higher. Like I, I get together with my fraternity brothers on a regular basis, and they're like, "Are you getting younger?" Mm. Like, how? <laughs> so OMAD is your uh, source of nutrition. It sounds like you're mostly uh, carnivore, so meats, fats. Yep. And very low carbs. Fats, and then I take one supplement, which is a bacterial fermentation uh, amino acid product called Fortigen. Okay. So that gives me about 200 grams of protein a day. And then, you know, I have one meal where I take care of the other 50 grams I need. What so, time of the day do you have that one meal? And dinner, just because I'm really social and okay. I usually have dinner plans with people. Yeah. I get a lot of guys that ask me about diet and exercise a lot of times. And I'm, I'm like, like one of the things I found great is, is fasting. I mean, there's a, there's really all upside and no downside. I mean, it frees up more of your time, it's easy. less it's meal easy. prep. Yeah. Like, like you get more mental clarity, less, less brain fog. When I, when I talk to people, like there's a lot of people out there, especially in the fitness industry. This is part of the reason I don't target fitness people. Most of who I target are busy professionals. Uh, there's a lot more of them and they're smarter people and they're willing to read some science. Uh, but the, um, you know, like I talked to somebody who's like a fan of calorie restriction and they're like, well, fasting, you know, it's bullshit or or whatever. And and, and I'm like, okay, first of all, it's not bullshit. There's plenty of studies. Uh, second of all, calorie restriction, we've been trying that for 75 years and people are fatter and sicker than ever. So... Also, like the idea that you're just going to eat less and be happy about it, mm-hmm. it's torture. That's like giving an alcoholic one beer and then mm-hmm. making them, you know, watch you drink 10. Mm-hmm. Like that's not what they want. And for supplementation, you said that you take only one supplement? Yeah, Fortigen. So you don't touch anything else? You don't apply vitamin D, vitamin C, uh, ubiquinol for your heart, like nothing like that? I get a lot of sun. Um, always out in the sun. So, um, I get vitamin D from that normally just cause of my Nordic background, I have lower vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So in the winter time, I'll take vitamin D. Mm-hmm. 
Um, also, when I got coronavirus, I, I did 50,000 IU of vitamin D a day, mm. and I only had symptoms for two days. Mm. Yeah. Also, my hemoglobin A1C score is four. So, okay. super healthy metabolism. What about uh, testosterone? Like, do you use TRT? Yep. And how long have you been on that, and have you found that? Yeah, I, I, I do like to clarify, TRT stands for Testosterone Replacement Therapy. Most yeah. idiots online who don't know anything, who can't wait to chime in uh, and give their and give their expert opinion, which is a moron's opinion because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. TRT is replacing what is supposed to be there. And now I would argue that almost every male needs testosterone replacement because like Back before World War II, I think the average male in the United States had like 1,000 to 1,200 nanograms per deciliter. And now the average male has closer to 600. Mm -hmm. I've so, talked to guys in their 20s that come back with like markers around the 300 range too, sure. right? Sure. <clears throat> yeah. Why soy. is that? What's soy. your view on that? Yeah. A, a, lot, a lot of it's soy products. Uh, I mean, we're eating, we're eating garbage. We're eating just like processed stuff. That's just, you know, it's, uh, promoting, promoting estrogen and depressing testosterone. I think, I think there's a, a lot more alcohol consumption, um, though uh, before World War II, it was, it was actually higher than now. So yeah, let me kind of scratch that. And that's mm -hmm. not, yeah. And so it's, it, it's, it's probably just nutritional choices also lack of activity one of the things that stimulates testosterone production the most is lifting heavy mm -hmm. well you know with x3 you lift heavier than ever so like obviously you get that effect with x3 but i don't think heavy training is something that like young men do anymore you don't see too many of them i mean i see hope when i go to the gym i, I just haven't bothered with my gym membership since this whole covid lockdown bullshit because i mean they keep putting, it's like open the gym, close the gym, wear a mask, spray down your stuff. You only have an hour. Working you got to book an appointment. With a mask on. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's stupid, dude. Like I just work out from home now. Um, I'm right. waiting for this all to just kind of like go away and then I'll rejoin the gym. But I mean, like when I've been there in the past, like I look around and there's a lot of young men, like for the most part, it's, it's, it's probably like for every woman, there's probably about eight or nine guys, which, which is a nice thing to see that guys are actually in there lifting weights. I don't know that they get the results that they're looking for because they just kind of like go in there and they start flopping about and throwing shit around and they're really not doing much with their time. Um, but it's nice to see that. But I mean, like at the same time, you see a large percentage of the male population in North America when you walk around and just walking around with female breast tissue, like they're obese, they're shaped like a pear. They yep. don't look like competent, strong men yeah. that could Double even get into combat, gaming. right? Yeah, that's, that's a typical guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're, you're dosed on dosing on therapeutic testosterone. How much do you dose yeah. weekly? Uh, 200, 200, 200. And that's like once a week or do you go every other day or like, how do you normally once dose it? Week. I've been on it since I was 28. Like I, I, I was in, I got a bad rugby hit. Oh, um, uh, okay. Did so your, your general system sh shut down? Like, did your ball stop working properly? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked to a few guys, a, a buddy of mine, Jay Campbell. I don't know if you know him. He was a, He's mm -hmm. a semi-pro basketball player, and he basically mm -hmm. took a blow to the nuts, and his like he felt like shit for six months until they could figure out what the problem was in the exactly end. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's an athletic thing. I mean, it happens to guys. Um, I find it interesting that you don't use that many uh, supplements. Like it's just food, TRT, and bands. Mm -hmm. And 
what's the time commitment for bands for people that are out there that are, that are not familiar with the X3 band system? Now, I, my workout's consistent. I never skip my workout. And it's six days a week. And, like, my day kind of revolves around it, but it's a shorter workout. It's maybe 10, 15 minutes. But okay. it's super intense. Hardest workout you'll ever do. But it's not long. Like, intensity is important. You really have to take each muscle group to absolute fatigue. It's got to totally shut down. So, like, when I'm doing reps or the chest press, I'm, I'm you know, going almost full range. You never go to lockout. But mm -hmm. uh, you stay just short of lockout. And Can so you explain why you don't go to lockout? Say it again. Can you explain why you don't lock out your arms? Yeah, because it shuts the muscle off. Okay. You load the bone instead of the muscle. So, like, you don't want to expose your muscle to a stimulus where you're, like, turning the muscle on, turning it off, turning it on, turning it off. It's a bad stimulus. It's like the body doesn't see a deficit in contractile tissue if you keep resting the muscle. Mm. When you go to lockout, you're resting. That's why people do it. Mm -hmm. It's easier. Yeah. So don't do that. Don't lock out. You got to keep constant tension. There's a lot of great, great research on constant tension. <clears throat> so constantly keep the muscle loaded and then take it to fatigue. Now with, with X3, because it's, because it's variable resistance, you can first take the strongest range to fatigue. So I'm going to do reps until I can't get here anymore. So when I'm, when I'm, uh, bench pressing it's it's like 550 pounds at the top and once i can't get to that 550 then i start doing shorter reps with three or 400 pounds mm -hmm. and then i do three or four of those and then i can't get there anymore and then the last repetition is like one inch where i'm only using 100 pounds of force and i'm completely done and then that's it's one set that's all i need and uh and i'll grow so at, at 44, you're, you're working out six days a week for 15 minutes a day with the band system. Um, what about overtraining? Is that an issue? No, no. Uh, we got a great muscle biopsy study now uh, that talks about what, like, because it was always a mystery, like in the 80s. Some people said you never work a muscle more than once a week. And other people mm -hmm. were like, oh, you can do it. You know, what, you know, just a different, you know, different time frame uh turns out it takes about 36 hours provided there's no damage in the muscle damage is bad by the way um mm -hmm. it's not what people think it is so provided there's no damage muscle protein synthesis for growth takes 36 hours so we're waiting 48 to hit a muscle the second time mm -hmm. so i get a training stimulus three times per week for each muscle group mm -hmm. So I split the body two ways and work out six days a week. So everything gets hit three times. And um, I've seen I've seen guys with some more advanced equipment in certain facilities using, like for example, if you're on a bench press, they'll throw on top of the plates. They'll throw chains, you know, for example. Sure. Where at the bottom of the movement, it's lighter at the top of the movement because the heavier. chains start to come off the ground and the bar sure. starts to get heavier. Is that a similar sort of like science behind the band system? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I'm in favor of anything variable. In fact, I won't train without variable resistance now. Now so that variable resistance. Know, yeah. The, you have to have variance because you are seven times stronger when you're at the top than when you're at the bottom. So working out with a static weight, it's just like, man, it just doesn't make sense. Like you're just destroying your joints. And uh, Dr. Atia, Peter Atia says this, he says, my problem with weightlifting is that we overload joints and underload muscle. 
And he had said this like right when I was doing our research. podcast with Atia and Tim Ferriss, isn't there? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So that's why that name rings a bell. Yeah. I heard that. Okay. Sorry. He's he's an amazing guy. Really smart. Um, and so, yeah, like, and I'm with him. Like that's, that's why he's more of a cardio guy because he doesn't really care for, for weight training because of the limitations that it has. But my thesis was different. It's like, yeah, well, the weight training is like, and you know, I mean, I kind of hyperbolically said weightlifting is a waste of time in the book. Uh, you know, I noticed I didn't say resistance training is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, there's just a better strategy to load the body you know, with more efficient loading that'll take muscles to a deeper level of fatigue, thereby triggering more growth. And so let me ask this question. So, yeah. so I'm about six to 207 odd pounds right now. So let's mm-hmm. say that I just do bands only for 30 days. Like you do yeah. six days a week, 15 minutes per session. What sort of results do you think I could expect out of that? Provided you're getting one gram of protein per pound of body weight of high quality yeah. protein. Yeah. I've so got the good, I've got the nutrition. I got the supplements, I'm okay. therapeutic, you know, testosterone dosed, all that stuff. You'll, you'll grow faster. Then, or, or like if you're not like most people who ask me this question who are consistently going to the gym, they stopped growing a couple of years ago. So they're yeah. definitely maintaining and they're happy they're maintaining. What yeah. I'm build. at that point where I'm basically just in a maintenance phase, right? Yeah, like I'm not yeah. growing, which I'm okay with to some degree. Cause I don't really want to walk around at like 230 pounds and jacked as hell. Like I know that it stresses the organs. So I'm, so I'm kind of looking at the longevity of the whole protocol as well too. Sure. But I mean, like um, you're saying that I would in 30 days, probably put on some muscle mass yeah yep okay i'm going to test that theory out and i'm going to come back and report to you guys i got a, a super chat here from uh our drizzle saying do you use ai what's your opinion on using an ai so if you're watching and you don't know what an ai is that's an aromatized inhibitor and all that does is it prevents or slows down the conversion of testosterone to estrogen in the male body um that's a great question so here's what happened when i first got my testosterone prescription it turns out i was a poor responder uh, so like I needed a higher dosage and it did less. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they first prescribed me, well, they first prescribed me like 150 and then they moved to 200 and then they moved it to 250 and then 300 and I was getting conversion. And so I like, I, cause I was reading the literature when I, when I got this prescription. So like, I kind of felt like I knew almost more than my endocrinologist, or at least I was more current on on the studies mm-hmm. and so i decided i'm like let's cut it back like i if i'm if i'm lower i'm lower but like if it's converting to estrogen that means i'm not using it which means it's too much and so i didn't really care what my nanograms per deciliter was i just want to make sure my body was using it so i don't take any ai whatsoever because with the way and this is key the heavier you lift and that, that was kind of my whole like push behind X3. It's you're training heavier. So greater force is going to give you greater gains. So with the amount of force I was using, my body's just using the testosterone as fast as possible, but there's a limit. So I didn't want any conversion. So I cut myself back to 200 and, you know, then they, then I'd have blood work done and it was like estrogen was normal. Mm-hmm. So like you need AIs because you're taking too much. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same camp. I'm not a big fan of AIs. It's just another 
you know, prescription med that you're, that's not bioidentical and you probably don't need if you either lower your dose or you, or you apply dosaging on a more frequent basis, right? Like rather than doing a big lift, the more you're going to use. Yeah. The more your androgen receptors want that, right? Right. So you activate them and they're like, yo, I'll I'll take some of that. Give me some of that tea, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Also, if you're fat too, like that's one of the, you know, big things that you can do is you can lower your body fat, especially belly fat. So if you're, so if you're carrying belly fat, you've got the enzyme there that converts testosterone to estrogen. So that's another good place to start too. Got another question here from uh, Miguel. He says, how much growth uh, is, can you expect for the band system in terms of initial and short muscle contraction? I always feel more accomplished in slow mind muscle contraction versus high rep, low weight. So we do go slow, uh, slow and controlled repetitions. Those are, those are better. There's a lot more stabilization firing. Stabilization firing with added load has a strong influence on growth hormone levels. Uh, I, I wrote a meta-analysis on that. Hope I never have to write another meta-analysis again because those suck. Um, but yeah, you, you want to go slow and controlled with uh with these repetitions and we go a little higher repetition also because we're using such an extreme amount of force yeah the higher repetitions are going to keep you know keep you safest Mm -hmm. Uh, because like you know like i'm I'm holding when i'm doing a chest press i'm holding five over 550 pounds like i would never get under a bar with 550 pounds at 44 years old that'd be crazy Mm uh you know so but here it's safe. You were talking about uh, growth hormone there for a second. And mm-hmm. that kind of that kind of reminded me because here my doctor, he doesn't like to prescribe GH. Um, one, it's very expensive. And, and two, I think they have issues with their medical license and insurance. So they don't want to cross mm-hmm. paths with a, a problem that may that might prevent them from working. Um, anyway, so I asked my doctor, I'm like, um, because he wasn't including GH in my blood panels. I'm like, can we include it? I, I want to see what the levels are. Yeah. And he said, okay, you know, we'll include it. And about once a year, you know, we add that to the panels and you know, the range, the ranges don't really mean much in my view when I look at them, because I know what they've done. It's like, okay, well the levels have dropped over the last hundred years. So rather than expecting people to reach the range, let's just lower the range. And you know, then it looks like everybody's in range, but with GH, one of the things that I came across, and I was reading some studies on this, and I want to hear your opinion on it, lifting heavy weights um, encourages your body to produce more growth hormone to repair the muscle, burn the fat, deal with the joints and ligaments and all, all that sort of stuff. My GH levels are right at the top of the range. In fact, they were over the range. And mm-hmm. when he did the blood work, he's like, um, are you using growth hormone? Do you need to tell me something? I'm like, no, dude, I, I have no idea where to get it. I don't use it. He goes, well, your range is very good. I'm like, what does that have to do with me lifting heavy weights? And he goes, it's probably got everything to do with it. And I started to do some research. What's your take on the association between your body releasing GH and lifting or heavy resistance training? So it was a great study, which I referenced in, in my meta-analysis. And if anybody wants to read the meta-analysis, it's uh, Jaquish Alkire, 2016. Uh, so here's he, 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 growth hormone is more associated with stabilization firing than it is with weight. So Stabilization, meaning your body, like core and everything has oh, to stabilize and push. Okay. So if you lift free weights you have a huge amount of growth hormone. If you use machines, 
Almost so, not. So concentration movements, like a preacher curl, you know, for example, where your elbows are isolated and you're doing this stuff you're on the machine, you're not getting much. No. But stabilization muscles fire, like your back, your abs, your serratus, all that stuff. Yeah, you if you're doing an overhead press with a bar, or like, like you know, when, when I'm holding my X3 and I'm, you know, going overhead with it, mm -hmm. like, you know, and I'm going slow and controlled, but I'm holding maybe 200 pounds at the top, mm -hmm. which is a weight I would never get under to, to normally do one. Uh, yeah, I mean, my whole body, like my core is just jackhammering. I didn't know that. That's great. It was, yeah. Yeah. And so that's a major upregulator of growth hormone. So I have very high growth hormone too. Okay. Excellent. I did not know that. Thank you. Uh, John, what is your current testosterone level as per your blood work? 1200, just right around 1200 nanograms. Yep. Yeah. So is that important to you? Like, do you even right? care what the, what the blood levels say, or is it more towards feel for you? Um, it was, so I lowered the dosage until, um, I could, I could really take advantage because I got the prescription at 28 because of the rugby accident, but then I invented X3 at 40. So there was 12 years where I had testosterone replacement therapy and was just lifting regular weights. And honestly, it didn't put on any muscle. Like, like a lot of people think TRT is just a way to like, you know, kind of get steroids legally. No, it's a replacement okay. dosage. What should happen is you function normally. And it's only for people who aren't functioning normally, which is a lot of people, as we said, mm -hmm. uh, because of shitty nutrition and things like that. But um, it's not an advantage. Like you're not going to get a prescription for TRT and expect that alone will make you look impressive. No, it'll bring you to normal. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you came across uh, when you started to switch from uh, like, you know, weights and dumbbells over to bands? Like, were there any other advantages or? Yeah, the, 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 just the, there were a lot of revelations, like single arm movements. Uh, now I'll never do those 20% 20, 20 less muscle fiber uh, being, being used when you, when you do a dumbbell movement. Mm-hmm. So it's all about the bar and grabbing with two hands. Um, and, and that's why like there's, there's like even banding products that just have two handles and like heavy bands. And like, I can kind of shoot those down pretty easily mm -hmm. because if you're going to pick up something heavy or two heavy things, you wouldn't grab one with each hand. That doesn't make any sense. Like if you're going to deal with something heavy, like, like a big stone or something like that, you're going to pick it up with both hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you still got to walk on one leg at a time. So what about all the other band products that, that are out there? So when you sent me that um, kit and, you know, of course I clicked on a, a website mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden I've got cookies now and social media is like, let's keep sending this guy ads now for other band products. Like I had no idea that there were so many band products out there. Mm -hmm. um, what's the difference between the X3 system and the other ones that are out there? Uh, it's, it's really most of them. So I, I actually kind of credit myself for the explosion of that, that product, um, you know, approach. A lot of them are just designed to look like X3. So people see X3 and they're like, well, people are getting results from this, but this other thing looks just like it. And what they don't realize is X3 lets you train with, if you're a six foot tall guy, 600 pounds, it's actually more for you because you're taller. 
Mm-hmm. You have a longer reach, so you're stretching the bands more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you do a chest press, it's actually more force than when I do if we're using the same band. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so like a lot of these things, they're giving you like 20 or 30 pounds of maximum resistance, whereas X3 is going to 600 pounds. Mm-hmm. So it's just sort of like, um, but I think all those other products are, are, I mean, let me, let me put them in the same category as like the perfect push up, which was more like designed so that people could spend $30 and then they'd be able to say, I work out at home. Mm-hmm. Whereas they're really not interested in working out at all. So I, I see these things just like, they're great for people who aren't serious. And then people who are serious, who think they're just saving money is they buy one of these shitty products and then it doesn't really work. And then they come get the X3 and they tell me their story. They're like, oh, I thought it was saving, you know, hundreds of dollars by getting the cheap, cheap one. But like it doesn't have any force like or it's made out of plastic. If I put a heavy band on it, destroy itself. Yeah. What's the um, what's the lifespan of the bands? Like, you know, rubber bands tend to get brittle and dry and they break after a while. So how long do they typically last? These are uh, tree latex. So they're not petroleum based. They're they're made from from uh, rubber trees. Uh, grown in Sri Lanka, where it's like one of the only places in the world that has enough rainfall to really grow them in mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so the, I'm told in a commercial environment, they'll last nine years. Okay. And they're easy to replace. Like if they break yeah. after nine years, you can just go to the yeah, website. They're not the stuff. expensive part. We, we can, we can ship a new band. No problem. And if anybody gets a defective band, which is one of the drawbacks with natural, uh, natural materials, there's failure points. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every once in a while, a band will fray or something like that. And, you know, if it, it, because they're layered, they, they don't break, they fray like a rope. Okay. So they kind of, you know, unravel and then we just send them a new one. Uh, JS is asking how much for the bands. Could it be beneficial for rock climber athletes? Mm, High power to weight ratio guys. Absolutely. So gymnasts, uh, really love X3, uh, fighters really love X3 because their power to weight ratio goes up because typically a fighter is like a rock climber. It's like, you want to be stronger, but you don't want to be much bigger or, or bigger at all because the, you know, just carrying a few extra pounds of body weight, you got to support that with a couple of fingers that are, that are between some rocks. Uh, you don't, you don't want to carry more weight. So rock climbers and gymnasts have really enjoyed enjoyed this because they they switched their diet to the heavier protein based on my recommendation mm-hmm. and then and then they um and then they do x3 but they're also looking at total calories so they're not putting on any body fat they're probably swapping out some body fat for muscle and so they keep the same body weight and just become much more powerful speaking point. of the um protein uh profile you're talking about a gram per pound of body weight which is uh I, I totally agree i think it's well researched and makes a lot of sense what's your preferred source for uh protein when it comes to food and powders well the fortigen is it's a it's a hundred percent bioavailable or just right right there right right at 100 percent mm-hmm. um fortigen so- is what though is that is that way casey and the beef no it's bacterial fermentation Bacterial yeah. fermentation. Totally different approach. Okay. Yeah. It is not like whey or anything. So whey is only 18% usable by the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also kind of messes up your stomach. Like people who do, do a lot of whey shakes mm-hmm. want to be around it much. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, because they're because they're farting is basically what. No, you're saying. yeah, they don't yeah. smell great. Yeah. Like you, you know, somebody who's sucking down way, you know, you just walk by him, you're like, God, yeah, smell like fucking outhouse. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so I mean, most of what whey protein goes into your body comes out in form of nitrogen waste. Mm-hmm. So only eighteen percent is utilized by the body, whereas mm-hmm. Fortigen is hundred okay. percent. So. Yeah, super efficient. I take four scoops of Fortigen a day, and that gives me the equivalent of 200 grams of protein, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, like that's, that's outrageous. That's like two pounds of steak. And what's your preferred source from food? Steak. Steaks. Red meat. Yeah, red know. meat. Red meat every day. Um, oh, uh, how pretty much. I don't need any vegetables. Nothing. I don't need any fiber. Got it. How much is the bands? Oh, yeah, I didn't answer that question. Yeah. Uh, the whole setup is $550. Okay. And it's the best home gym you're ever going to have. And you can take it with you. Also, you don't have to give up a room in your house. Mm. A lot of people, they get a power rack. And it's just like they chewed up one of their garage stalls. You know, it's like... <laughs> I chewed up some of my walls and ceilings in the basement with my rack. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, that you got to have your garage. Like, you know, don't lose yeah. your garage for your power rack. So... You know, when you're done with X3, you put it in a travel bag and you slide it right under your bed or yeah. you put it in a drawer. You know, for me, I have one that lives in the trunk of my car, one that lives in my suitcase that I travel internationally with or or domestically, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just have one. I have one in a wine barrel in my living room. So I just pull it out of the wine barrel and that's when I do my workout. Uh, Nate's got a question here for you here on macros. Briefly discuss fasting and protein intake. John mentioned a negative view on carbs. Great content. Thank you. So uh, views on macros? So uh, this is something I'm heavily trolled for. I, I really I really believe, um, and there's research to support this. There is research on the contrary. Uh, but uh, basically, carbohydrates don't fit the definition of a macronutrient. So I argue there are only two macronutrients. Now, I can apply carbohydrates for an athletic effect by superhydrating a muscle. So I'm not anti-carbohydrates, but I, I urge everyone to become knowledgeable on the limitations and general worthlessness of carbohydrates for most systems of the body. Like carbohydrates have absolutely nothing to do with muscle protein synthesis. They don't grow muscle. Like you're never going to turn a pizza into muscle. Sorry, not going to happen. Never going to happen. The best thing carbohydrates do. uh, So my only source of carbohydrate, I guess this is a second supplement if you would call it a supplement, but I take glucose tablets Mm -hmm. uh, before 15 minutes before my workout. I was going to say, because you need carbs for the glucose for the energy. So rather than taking the carbs, just taking glucose. Right. Right. So I don't have to worry about it, you know, being fructose and maybe not because there's some research that suggests fructose kind of goes right to body fat mm-hmm. and, and doesn't. Um, and there, there's some sense that's made there uh, because like like a bear will give itself type 2 diabetes every year. So type 2 diabetes is and this is a very alternate comment. Type 2 diabetes is your body doing you a favor. It's getting you as fat as possible, as quickly as possible. And why do bears want to do that? Well, because they hibernate. So they want as much fat as possible before they sleep. 
before they go and crawl in a hole for four months. So they're just living off their body fat and sitting there. They're not actually asleep the whole time, but they just, they'd rather not deal with the cold. So they just bury themselves in a hole. And, and so what if we start looking at type two diabetes is instead of a dysfunction, it's a function of the body. We just mm -hmm. abuse that function because it should really only happen when in nature carbohydrates present themselves and more, most specifically fructose. But that's only at the end of the warm season. Like when, when you have fruit in the springtime? No, you have it at the end of the fall. Seasonal, yeah. Yeah. And so that's when you're supposed to get it. That's when you're supposed to get fat because that's going to help you survive the winter. But since most of us are not digging holes and sleeping in them, uh, to survive the winter or the cold, we don't really need that. So my approach to carbohydrates is use it to hydrate muscle right before the workout. Uh, I also take a vasodilator right before the workout. What do you use, Cialis or? Yeah, because yeah. Cialis lasts longer. So mm -hmm. there's other benefits to that. Obviously. Uh, so use, use Cialis and then, and then do the glucose. So Cialis is an hour before the workout, 15 minutes before the workout is glucose. Then you do the workout and then you stretch afterward. And this is, this is called the hyperplasia protocol. And I, I described this, it's, it's like 20 pages of the book. Mm -hmm. And so the reason for this is we're using carbohydrates to put more hydration in the muscle, basically stretch the casing of the muscle. And then after you work the muscle, all the blood rushes into it, the muscle's super tight. Like it is, it is full of blood and sarcoplasm. And then you stretch it, stretching the casing of the muscle, it can force cells to divide. And you can actually have more of a permanent type growth from that. Now that's, that's an advanced technique. Everybody thinks they're advanced for some strange reason. So beginners want to do it on day one and that's, that's fine. I mean, it's, it's, it's complicated, uh, but you know, you got to get into the rhythm of doing it. Um, where did I put your book? There it is. So <clears throat> if you guys want to learn more, I'm going to encourage you to grab mm -hmm. this. It's on Amazon. Um, the band system you can probably find if you just search for John's name plus X three on Google, yeah. I'm sure it'll be the first bar.com or, or my website, drj.com. Yeah. Um, grab it. I mean, if you've got like cycling lockdowns and gyms are opening and, and, and closing, or if you travel, um, I think it's great for all of that. I'm going to, I'm going to seriously take 30 days, not lift anything. Like I've been on a break for about 45 days now this, this summer, not lifting. So I'll probably return in about a week or two. Um, and I'm just going to do bands only for 30 days and I'm going to measure uh, body comp and uh, measurements and weight and body fat and all that. And I'm going to come back and let you guys know what I get mm -hmm. um, as far as results. I got one more super chat here. And I also want to ask you on your opinion of the red pill as well too, before you go, cause I only, uh, booked an hour with you um how does fortigen eliminate the need for protein supplementation and how is it different from regular amino acid supplementation so essential amino acids have existed for 50 years and they never really did anything for anyone and it was because they were made wrong they weren't made with a fermentation process or they were made with an incorrect fermentation process what are they fermenting to make that fortigen protein they can ferment just about anything I mean, they okay. can they can make they can make different bacteria grow on a banana peel if they want. Okay. So and I have them do it specifically off of plant matter because I I want to be able to say it's vegan friendly. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because bacteria is not 
alive like we are. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so because there are still vegans out there and I'd rather help them. Like, I, I think veganism is going to go down in history like anorexia and bulimia. Uh, I think it's just a huge mistake and it's based on confusion. But uh, I'd certainly rather help these people than just, you know, do nothing. Um, so so that that uh, also like if, if people start putting, you know, governments are threatening to put huge taxes on meat or make meat illegal. It's oh, like, my okay. God. That's yeah, that's a new thing. Eh? Yeah, that's that's what that's what the, Was it the California that, that recently made that announcement, something about meat not being available in government buildings anymore or something like that. Yeah. What the hell's wrong with these guys? I don't know. They don't know where their nutrition comes from and they don't care either. But it's a little like the coronavirus discussion. It's like, it's like they believe in science just as long as the science agrees with their politics. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and if it doesn't, then then we're going to ignore that. You know, it's sort of like there's 62 different genders. <laughs> okay. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm a nice guy. I'll go along with you. But why? Mm-hmm. Like, why do we need that? Like, I don't know. So- so Fortigen's also available on your website as well. I didn't realize that this was a product that you put together. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So got... It was actually a cancer treatment. Is that right? I grabbed a hold of it. How did you How did you tip, uh, trip across fermentating like products to make protein? Like, so I looked. I looked for the most efficient protein sources that have ever been seen mm-hmm. and ever been researched, and I came across. Uh, a couple of guys in in Spain who then moved uh, to the United States who developed this this uh, amino acid uh, kind of combination. And what they were doing is they were giving it to people who were in chemo and radiation therapy, to keep them from muscle wasting. Mm-hmm. Frequently, p- cancer patients die from they just you know they just waste away. And of course, Every organ in your body exists to support the musculature and your movement, right? There's are all just machines of energy providing muscle what it needs. You start losing all your muscle, those things start shutting down because they don't have a reason to function anymore. And so um, that's that's really what what I was looking for I was looking for the most efficient source of protein. And also because I was recommending one gram per pound of body weight, I had people, so I was eating three pounds of meat a day. Like when I first started uh, with X3 and then people were saying, I can't, I just can't like guys who are cl- closer to my size, you over 200 pounds are like, I, I just can't eat a couple pounds of meat a day. I can't stomach it or I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, all right, you know, let me, let me look at what's out there. And so then I, you know, I found this and I contacted these guys. And as soon as I said fitness, they were like, yeah, fuck off. Like, we don't want anything to do with the fitness industry. It's a bunch of clowns. People have no idea what science is. Uh, And they're basically right as fitness as an industry. And I go, okay, I'll be selling into the fitness industry, but we're not really part of the fitness industry. And I, I showed them. You know my, my medical device, OsteoStrong. I showed them X3 and the scientific approach, and they're like, "Okay, we can work with you." Mm-hmm. So basically, they had told other fitness companies that tried to work with them in the past, "No." And uh, so they they wanted to work with me, and uh, and that's how we got the product out. And man, interesting, yeah. 
Cool, cool. Yeah, there's there's so many different proteins on the market now. It's like everybody's claiming to have the best one. Yeah. Um, yeah, check it out for yourself. It's on it's on John's website. So before we wrap up real quick, I just wanted to get your take on the red pill because it's not often that I get guys like you that are like, uh, that, that actually get it. Like the most immediate reaction to stuff that I talk about or even my book, for example, is just like, oh, you're crazy. You know, like you're a misogynist or something like that. Um, what was your take on this? Like, how did you come across my material? Because before we went live, you're like, you're the only channel I watch, man. I'm excited to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't listen, like, like literally you're the only podcast I listen to. Uh, I, I don't even, even other like fitness and wellness stuff. Usually it's just stuff I already know. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was following your advice before you were giving advice. Uh, I just didn't know it. Um, I always felt like, like I looked at my father and my father really had his shit together before he met my mother. And you know, that was just sort of what I was planning on doing. Like, you know, if you want to be with the princess, you, you better be the prince, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, you just have to, you have to work on yourself. And I think while, and for whatever merits or demerits that this comment deserves, uh, but I, I think most people would agree with it. Women always want to be preserved. They want to be forever 20. Uh, whereas, um, you know, a man needs to be kind of created. Like he needs to build himself. He needs to have a story. Yeah. We say men are made. Yeah. Men are made. Men, men have to go out and, and make it happen. Yeah. And, and after you make it happen, then, then you become interesting. And so I never really dated with any sort of purpose. It was more like, you know, just something to do on a Friday night. Uh, until I really had it all together from a, from a business perspective and had an extremely successful business. And that's like, that was just observation of my father and, and, uh, you know, how, when he was, went out to have a really successful relationship, he did. And he and my mother still adore each other. And you know, she, she got with him for the right reasons. He got with her for the right reasons. And they're kind of like a happily ever after type couple. And uh, so I just kind of followed in the same path. And as soon as I started listening to you, it was like, oh, this, this guy's describing like what I've observed mm. in the only like really successful you know, couple that I knew of. Like, because, you know, sometimes couples look successful, but you don't really know them. Mm -hmm. You know, they might they might have they might be a disaster. They just put on a good face. So, uh, yeah. And, that, and that's that's something I always kind of had figured out. Now, I, 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 there were some bumps in, in the road, of course, like sometimes you end up being attracted to a girl who's just all, you know, like all the wrong things, but you're just you just think she's hot. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I definitely dated some some garbage, garbage women, uh, which were, you know, I mean, in retrospect, like, why? Uh, but you know, fortunately, uh, I'm engaged now and, uh, you know, but I, she's a unicorn. I'm like, so I'm sure she's I'm, a unicorn, bro. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm, I'll never be a hundred percent. Yeah. Time will always tell. I mean, like, make sure you give it a couple of years before you sign up for, of course. um, you know, like a lifetime contract, you know, the marriage. 
here's here's something she said on the second day. She was telling me about like a friend of hers that was like she was showing me the text messages, so she wasn't mm-hmm. making this up. Uh, somebody was having some sort of problem, like offended that their boyfriend wanted them to sign a prenuptial agreement. Right. And I said, anybody who's interested, like, like anybody who was unwilling to sign a prenuptial agreement is there for one reason to leave with the dude's money. Right. Yeah. If, if you're like, if you, if you're willing to sign the prenuptial agreement, that means you're there for the marriage. Yeah. And uh, she goes, I completely agree with you. And that's what I told her. And like, she showed me like her text messages from earlier. And I was like, wow, mm-hmm. like we're on the same page. How long have you uh, known her? Uh, it was eight months. Ooh. Oh yeah. Two years. Okay. Yeah. That's, that, yeah. that's, that's a, a rule that I would tell any guy that, that was serious about inviting a woman into their life on a long-term basis. Cause I mean, Women can wear masks. They can act for a while, especially if you're a high value guy, like high value guys like you are a target for women that um, might put on a mask or might act for a short period of time. But it's it's harder once you apply some stress to that relationship over a couple of years. You travel, the baggage gets lost, see how she handles that, see what she's made of when shit goes sideways in a COVID type of you know environment. Maybe her hours get cut back or something mm-hmm. changes. And then just sit back and watch, right? And see, yeah. see what she does with that. I mean... Um, I'm happy for you, dude. Like, I'm happy that, uh, you know, the books helped and my materials helped. Um, yeah. But um, I will say this, like eight months is rapid for for an engagement. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd like you to turn off the afterburners for a bit and give it a little more time just to see how things go. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, you're a smart guy. You know what to do. Hey, I'm, I'm 44. I've never been engaged before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just didn't. I, I, I saw all the red flags before. Like, Well, yeah, there are some people are uh, got more red flags than a Chinese communist parade, like I you know, dude, like to say. But like uh, I, most women are like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like there's such a push to and I don't know if this is like a feminist thing or if this maybe was always going on and nobody really talked about it, but just the sort of kind of scandalous behavior like yeah everybody loves a girl that parties mm-hmm. or night and you know then it's just like like why would i be in a relationship with you i know you're gonna lie to me mm-hmm. like that doesn't give it and so yeah i dated a couple of those and i didn't trust them and you know and did they disappoint me not really because i never really trusted them but yeah. you call this plate spinning yeah yeah, and it's, uh, that's just kind of what I was doing. I, the, you know, the last one I dated before this one I'm engaged to was like the she was like the queen of the idiots. Like it was like she was the worst one of all of them. Yeah, and uh, I mean just a total hoe. And why did you look the other way? Like why did you just say ah you know you know we'll see if this gets better? Like I wanted what was the to see that? what would happen next. Okay, I want to see the next shit she would lie. <laughs> like it was it was because I wasn't. I wasn't emotionally there, but it was just like, I would call my buddies and be like, dude, you won't believe what she did last night, you know, or, or she just disappeared for 18 hours and, and is like offended that I'm asking where she was. Right. Yeah. Like, you don't own me, John. You can't tell me what to do. Right. She's like, you're just trying to control me. Like yeah, you're a control freak. Right. So I'm in a relationship. We call that pointing and sputtering. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, you're just, you're just out doing house shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, 
you know, what now, now, whether she was, you know, just twerking like an idiot with her, you know, skirt up around her waist in, in front of some giant mirror and like some guys were filming it, mm-hmm. you know, cause she's at some party and like, okay, like you don't realize that you're not popular. You're a point of ridicule. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, I'm sure like guys at the party are like, that girl's a boyfriend, <laughs> poor motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And of course I'm just like, I'm out with my friends, like thinking about what she's doing. I'm just like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I just can't wait to see what happens next. But uh, yeah, like ultimately uh, the one with nothing to hide. The one that, you know, never hides her phone screen. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's such a tell. You yeah. Know, when, they're, when they're really like, they're holding their phone. Like you, you only see the back. You never see any of the light of the screen. Right. Like, yeah. And it's like, I know what you're doing. Yeah. Like, don't, don't think you came up with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could, I could dive down, down this with you for, for another hour or two easily, but I really wanted to like talk to you about like the winning aspect of life when it, when it sure. comes to your self care and, um, you know, the bands and your book and all that sort of stuff. We covered a lot of stuff today. Yeah. Um, you know, m- maybe we'll talk again in the future, but I want to try to be respectful of your time and make sure we wrap this up on the hour mark. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, honestly, you know, get the band system. I've I've used it. I like it. And I am going to uh, use it exclusively for 30 days and test the gains I get on it. And I'll uh, get back to you guys and let you know what the results are. We should do a follow up. Like let's do let's, another uh, let's do another show when you do your thirty days. Okay, all right, yeah. yeah, let's do a follow up and we'll see what we get then. Yep. All right, John, appreciate it, buddy.